Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday live at 4 p.m. And then uh, when the program repeats again, that, those same days, uh, evenings at 10 o'clock. Uh, of course, all of our audio platforms up and running right now and uh, our video platforms as well. So you can watch the program if you'd prefer to do that on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media and our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. We're streaming live video and I am praying you're having a happy, holy, blessed day and staying cool on this a warm day, and you know, we uh, yesterday we had these horrible storms that came through. And I, I guess if you were north of the Trenton area, you didn't get them as severely as we got them here in in the Trenton area. And then, of course, where Cheryl and I live over in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, really got hit hard. And the and the South Jersey and the storm went across the state. Uh, but uh, there was a name for the storm. We'll have to ask Jim tomorrow on Friday's program. There was a name for this type of storm that came through. Um, but thanks be to God, we didn't have a lot of damage here at the uh, apostolate. Uh, a lot of leaves and, and branches, nothing uh, severe. There is a part of a tree that came down and uh, isn't blocking our driveway, but kind of comes into the driveway. So that's got to be cut off somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, need to hire a couple of, uh, I guess, uh, people with saws. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um but we did have an unfortunate situation with our 1260 AM transmitter, uh, whether it was a power surge or something that happened at the time of the storm, it uh, destroyed or blew out a what they call a power amp module, I'm told, um, and uh, kind of makeshift right now. But we're, we're operating at less power on our 1260 AM station at about 4,000 watts as opposed to our normal 6,000 watts. So that has affected our signal. Uh, and it's going to be that way for a, a couple of weeks at least while they repair this module. So anyway, we're sorry about that. And also our friends down in the Cape May area were running at a lower power right now because we had a transmitter issue down there as well a couple of weeks ago. And that transmitter has been replaced with a temporary, but at less power. And while well, we get the, the transmitter repaired. So, um, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. And uh, But we bear through it. You know, we we hold our heads up high. We know the Lord is in charge and he will see us through all of this. Uh, so please keep praying for us, for Cheryl and me, too. We lost power at our home yesterday during that storm, and we're told uh, by Pico, our energy provider, that we're not going to have power back until tomorrow night around 11 o'clock. So we have no air conditioning in our house on the two most, uh, I guess the two, two of the warmest days so far, if not the warmest days this year. 
and we had to move all of our as much of our food as we could out of our refrigerator and freezer because obviously that's not working. And uh, thanks be to God, we have a refrigerator and freezer over here at the station, so we brought everything over here last night uh, to put in the refrigerator. So anyway, and then all the trouble we have in the world. Oh my goodness! But today, you know, is uh, Catechism Day. And a little later on in the program, we'll go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we will go to the section I thought would be nice on the human virtues, the cardinal virtues, the theological virtues. In these trying times, we need to really, really strive to live those virtues, and we'll get to that. I also found something pretty neat. Um, Back, uh, I guess, prior to the fourth Sunday of Easter, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, in his Regina Celli message, uh, and I probably did share this with you at the time, um, but he offered a handful of distinctions f- that would enable us to recognize the voices we hear in our conscience as that of God or that of the evil one. And there was a nice article that I found uh, by this particular author, Kathleen uh, Hatrup. Uh, who kind of expanded on that. So I want to share some of that with you as well. Um, pray now, and I have some very, very good news and, and very sad news, uh, but but let me first sh- share with you uh, the most recent update from our friend Brian Middleton. You know, we've been praying for Maria, and I shared with you yesterday uh, that not last night, the night before, they had to rush young Maria to the hospital. She was having difficulty breathing, and just her vitals were were unsteady. And we just called out in prayer, you know, and just raised these prayers up. And, and um, Brian uh, texted me yesterday uh, around 3.15 and told us that, you know, her heart rate, respiration, pulse went to relatively normal levels. Um, and... Uh, passed, you know, through this storm of her own. Uh, but then last night he texted me again. I just want to share this with you. He said, this this continues. This is, these are the words of our friend Brian Middleton. He and his lovely wife Susan, of course, our board members and, and the parents of Maria. Uh, and in case you don't know, I'm sure you do if you're a regular listener, Maria is a 17-year-old who um, is has been diagnosed with a tumor, inoperable brain tumor. Um but anyway, he wrote last night, last evening, this continues to be an overwhelming journey. Today, there were at least seven masses said for Maria. Um, we heard from prayer groups in Bucks County, in Colombia, in Spain, Italy, and Uganda. Uh, all of the retired priests at St. Joseph Villa down in Delaware County over in Pennsylvania prayed for her. Um, her parish prayed had where she attends a church, where her family attends uh a church uh, in Bucks County had adoration all day yesterday for Maria. And he said there were there were people praying outside the hospital, circling the hospital. Um, but then I got this message today around 1230. Again, uh, praise God, Maria had a good night, some breathing difficulties uh, this morning because uh, she can't clear her lung secretions. And the pulmonologist was there and, and they were going to sedate her Um uh, and and do this bron- bron- bronchoscopy and then go and re- clear the secretions and give her a little time to recover her strength. Um, but then Brian said, a little P.S. to me personally, he said the doctors have entered into this mystery that we've been praying for. The pediatrician 
actually said to them about keeping the environment optional, optimal, he said, optimal, as we wait for God to determine his plan. So this is the pediatrician talking faith, which is great. So, you know, we talk about miracles. We've been praying for a miracle from Maria. We want to see this, this uh, tumor completely vanish, and we know at the hand of God that can happen in an instant just by his willing it. But look at all these miracles along the way that I've been saying, uh, you know, and sharing with you uh, in the wake of all of this. Here's a pediatrician who told the parents, let's let God determine his plan. Let's, let's keep, you know, everything optimal as we wait for God to speak and, and to act. So we keep praying for that. Another, another uh, and we'll include that in our prayer today. Uh, and also I'm going to ask you please to keep a, a gentleman in your prayer, the, the repose of his soul. His name is Jim. Uh, we found out last night um, that he committed suicide. Uh, he's uh, probably in his 60s, was in his 60s, uh, married with children and, and a grandchild. Um, and over the past, I guess, year or so, had been suffering from uh, depression and, and actually had whatever his... We don't really know all the, all the, the story except that uh, yesterday um, he did, in a final act on this earth, uh, take his own life. And we pray for the repose of his soul. We pl- place that into the hands of God's mercy. And, you know, if you read the Catechism on Suicide... The Catechism very clearly states, uh, in, 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 and I don't have, well, I probably do have the exact, <laughs> the exact uh, um, paragraph number. Um, uh, let's see if I, yeah, if a paragraph 22, 2283 in our Catechism says, We should not despair of the eternal salvation of persons who have taken their own lives. By ways known to him alone, God can provide the opportunity for salutary repentance. The Church prays for persons who have taken their own lives. That's in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2283. So we take comfort in that uh, because individuals who get to that point in their life, obviously, is very difficult. So the Catechism makes it very, very clear that we don't know. And I've shared with you often that paragraph from or that selection from Faustina's diary in 14, I think it's 1486, uh, where Jesus revealed to Faustina um, the conversation between a despairing soul and the all-merciful God. So we take comfort in that as well. Now, tomorrow on our program, on Friday's program, we're going to have uh, Father Chris, and I can't think of his last name, but he's written a book called After Suicide. Uh, and he's going to come on and discuss that with us, as is Bishop O'Connell will be here as well uh, at the beginning of the program to talk about uh, give us some updates on where we are here in the Diocese of Trenton during this. Now, I, mean, I know I'm rambling, not rambling, but kind of setting the stage for our prayer. But let's, let's pray now, my friends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And I, I, let's just pray. Uh, we'll pray this other prayer that Holy Father gave us, um, which is not as lengthy. Uh, oh, Mary. You shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that, as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father, 
and to do what Jesus tells us, for he took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. And as Holy Father asks us, we pray the prayer to St. Michael and also this beautiful Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother, uh, specifically with the intention, as Holy Father requested, to pray to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, we fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, so much to pray for, right? So much that we need to come together and, and just pray. And, and the more we see the world around us uh, deteriorating in so many ways, in so many areas of life and, and, and division that's out there, um, it's, it's a hard thing sometimes to, to try to live through. I think, you know, we're all... We all are trusting and putting all of our, our faith and our hope in the Lord. But, you know, it's tough. It's tough when you see these things going on. And you think about where we were four months ago, let's say, back in, in uh, January, uh, and how much the world has changed uh, in those few months. But we know that God is in charge, and we know that God is greater than, than all those things. There's, there's obviously no evil greater than God. In fact, the things and the bad things that happen to us, God allows by his permissive will always to bring about a greater good. So uh, we go through life and we know that one day, please God, that we will all rejoice with him in heaven for all eternity to be with uh, our triune God, our blessed mother, St. Joseph, all the angels and saints, and those who have gone before us to rejoice for all eternity in that wonderful paradise in which, for which we were created to be with God for all eternity. So anyway, we'll keep praying for that. I, I do want to share uh, with you, let's see, this is from, uh, as I said, Holy Father back on the, I just had a weird deja vu. <laughs> Don't you? When those things happen, it's like, wait a minute. Uh, I know this isn't a repeat because it is, June 4th, and, and, <laughs> and I'm live now, I think. Uh, but, phew, man, that was a weird thing. Um, as Yogi Berra said, it's like deja vu all over again. Uh, but anyway, this is from, I guess this is why, Holy Father back on the fourth Sunday of Easter uh, in his Regina Chaley message uh, taught about how to distinguish uh, between the voices the spiritual voices, uh, the voice of God, and also the temptation of the enemy trying to lure us. And um, these were some some tips. So I thought we'd do some little, little bit of this. Uh, this article was written by uh, Kathleen Hattrop. And this is what the Holy Father said. He, the fourth Sunday of Easter is dedicated to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. 
These are the words of Pope Francis. The gospel says that the sheep hear his voice as he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The Lord calls us by name. He calls us because he loves us. But the gospel then tells us that there are other voices not to be followed. The voices of strangers, thieves, and brigands who mean harm to the sheep. So this uh, particular author, Kathleen Hatrup, um, a little bit more from the Holy Father. These different voices resonate within us, he said. There is the voice of God who speaks kindly to the conscience, and there is the tempting voice that leads to evil. So Kathleen uh, then, in, in following up on what the Holy Father was saying, how do we recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd rather than that of the thief? How can we distinguish the inspiration of God from the suggestion of the evil one? Um, one can learn to discern these two voices. Holy Father said, "They speak two different voices. I'm sorry, two different languages. That is, they have opposite ways of knocking on the door of our hearts. They speak different languages. Just as we know how to distinguish one language from another, we can also distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the evil one. This is discernment, my friends. This is something that we should be doing on a regular basis because the temptor." is always there, you know, we sin as a result, uh, you know, and temptations come from, uh, from the devil, from the enemy, but it also comes from the world and the flesh. But anyway, this is how to distinguish. Kathleen kind of expanded on the Holy Father's teaching a little bit. The question to ask ourselves is, am I still free? In other words, the voice of God never forces us. God proposes himself. He does not impose himself. Instead, the evil voice seduces, assails, forces. It arouses dazzling illusions, emotions that are tempting, but transient. This is how the devil works. He's been working on us ever since our age of reason, hasn't he? You know, we we certainly can't expect little children, toddlers, uh, or, or children who have not yet reached the age of reason, which when I was growing up was about seven years old. I'm assuming it hasn't changed, although uh, when I was growing up, they said never trust anybody over 30 because that was, you know, hardcore adulthood. This then Nowadays, I guess <laughs> kids are still living like they're in college until they're 30. Uh, anyway. But, you know, the devil is after us, and he's after us ever since, you know, when we, when we reach that age of reason, we can, we can tell and know the difference between right and wrong. The devil will continue to come at us, and we're not free. And if that voice that we hear or that prompting or urging that we feel is a forced, you know, forcing us to do something or, or seducing us or... Uh, uh, arousing, as this article says, dazzling illusions and emotions that are tempting but transient. That's the voice of the devil. But God proposes himself. He never imposes himself. Our Heavenly Father is a gentleman. Another consideration is, am I being flattered? At first, the voice flatters. It makes us believe that we are all powerful. But then it leaves us empty inside and accuses us, telling us we're worth nothing. The voice of God instead corrects us with great patience, but always encourages us, consoles us. 
it always nourishes hope. You know, the, when we talk about temptation from the devil, now remember, the, it's not just the devil from which temptations come. We're, we're, we're taught that temptation comes from the world of the flesh and the devil. In that order, we don't give the devil more credit than he's due. But the devil will flatter us and believe that we're all powerful, and, and you know he'll, he'll 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 continue to tempt us into whatever particular sin at that moment he's trying to tempt us into. Until we sin, then he becomes the great accuser, and he, he accuses us, telling us how bad we are. Whereas the voice of God instead corrects us with, with great patience. But aren't you glad? That God is patient with us, oh my goodness, all the time that we find ourselves offending him and perhaps, you know, particular sins that we commit over and over and over again. We, we, we commit it, we, we, we confess it, we have that firm purpose of amendment to not do it again, and then before you know it, we're back in the same boat. And how patient our God is, is with us. Another consideration, the voice of, am I looking forward the voice of God is a voice that uh, has a horizon, the constant moving forward, looking forward, whereas the voice of evil leads you to a wall. It backs you into a corner. You know, we live this life, my brothers and sisters, day in and day out, with the great hope of one day attaining heaven. Because we know we're going to leave this world. It's going to happen. We know that. It's a fact. And there's no getting away from it. We're all headed in that direction. If we have that, that forward vision, that, that desire to know that one day we can spend an eternal life with Almighty God in complete and total uh, uh, happiness... Beyond our, our weak human imagination, what awaits us? The scripture tells us that. Well, we, uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered the mind of, of uh, what God has in store. So we're always looking forward, always looking ahead. Whereas when the devil uh, speaks to our heart and he tries to tempt us and lure us, he leads us to a wall, a dead end. Nothing beyond it. Then another consideration is, am I in the present moment? Another difference, the voice of the enemy distracts us from the present and wants us to focus on fears of the future or sadness about the past. The enemy does not want the present. It brings to the surface the bitterness, the memories of wrongs suffered, of those who have hurt us, many bad memories. How often do we find ourselves there? You know, I mean, I find myself at times, you know, looking back over particular hurts, you know, especially when someone hurts you so deeply and, and betray, betrays you. you know, we know that our Lord was betrayed by Judas and we can try to identify ourselves with that, uh, with our Lord in that situation. But there's nothing worse than the betrayal of a friend, in my mind. Maybe it's the Italian in me, I don't know. 
But when a, when a, a person who you considered a good, dear, loving friend turns their back on you and, and tries to, in whatever way they can or did, or to destroy, it, it hurts. You know, we, and the devil keeps, and many, I'm sure many of you listening, watching have had experiences like that or other experiences, other bad memories, other hurts, family members, friends. And the devil will always try to bring us back to that. Always try to drag us back into that. Like the, like he's pulling on our on our shirt, the back of our shirt, you know, and, and not let and trying to drag us back into that situation. To just remember it and keep going over it. And it's horrible, isn't it? Horrible. But the voice of God speaks to the present. You know, and also, now before I get there, the, the, the evil one also has us fearing the future. You know, and dreading the future. Our Lord said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough troubles of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. I remember I've, I've shared with you, I, one of the, the one great uh, experiences I ever had was an adoration where I was, again, in the beginning of the apostolate, didn't know where we were going Nothing to hold on to. Just, just know that we're going, you know, the Lord wants us to go in this direction, but we don't see beyond the moment, right? Until we try to imagine beyond the moment and start to fear and panic. And I remember the Lord telling me very clearly one day in adoration during that time, saying, don't, don't, don't fear tomorrow. I'm there already. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you. I'm there. Don't worry. See, the devil will try to, Make us fear the, the, the future and, and regret the past, you know, with all of our hurts and sins. And, but the Lord wants us here in the present moment. We have now. This is what we have right now. In this moment. Think about this. You know, I came on the air 25 minutes ago. Past. Can't get it back. Can't, can't, you know, it's done. Where were we 25 minutes ago? Where are we going to be five minutes from now? I don't know. Hopefully here. <laughs> But we all we have is right now. You know, one time I was I was giving a, a talk to uh, a group of people, and I was reflecting on on the Hail Mary in the prayer. We pray. I've shared this with you. The Hail Mary at the end of our prayer, we pray. You know, pray for, to ask our Blessed Mother to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Those you know, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Well, our now is all we have, and 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 the now that we have is getting closer and closer and closer to that moment and that point in our life when it will be the same. Now and the hour of our death will be one and the same. We were first learned that Hail Mary prayer. Now and the hour of our death, we're you know, so far apart. But the older we get, the closer we get to that being now, which is what we have right now, and the hour of our death gets closer and closer. That's all we need to worry about. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Beyond that, you know, if we can, we confess our sins from the past, and we let go of the grudges and the, and the hurts of the past, and we don't fear the future because we know that Jesus is already there, and we know that our blessed Mother's praying for us there, now and at the hour of our death. So we have nothing but the, but, but the voice of God speaks to this present moment. Uh, now you can do good. Now you can exercise the creativity of love. Now you can uh, renounce the regrets and remorse that hold your heart captive. The voice of God inspires us, leads us ahead, but speaks in the present now. Now is the time. You know, you want to make changes in your life? Make them now. You know, we can plot out and plan uh, 
but you know, our God has a sense of humor too. We, we, we just have to rest in the present moment with Almighty God. You know, God lives and God exists in the present moment. Everything is present to God. The, 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 at point in whatever time there is or was in, in God's time uh, to this moment and a billion years from now, and that measurement of time, which is, doesn't make any, God has no need for it, but it's all present to him. The moment of our conception and the moment of our death are present to him all at the same time. We have nothing to fear if we live in the moment and live with God and do the best we can. Say, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, you know, we make up our mind to do certain things and and behave certain ways and let go of past hurts and let go of grudges and 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 confess our sins and and become the new man, the new woman that we're called to be. As we know that we are in this moment on our way to that moment when we shall see God face to face as He truly is. If we live that way. If every person in this world lived that way, we wouldn't have the trouble we have today. We'd be in heaven by we'd all be that's heaven, I suppose. But if we lived that way, and I know, you know, for myself, the older I get, uh, the more mellow I become. I've become, I, I suppose. I used to be an angry young man when I was in my teens and twenties, and you know, I just uh, have my moments of of, uh, of outburst and and. Um, doing foolish things and saying stupid things and, 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 you know, but you grow up and you learn what's the point. Why get so upset? Because we know what our end is and we know that if we want it and we live the way that Jesus teaches us to live, there's something awaiting us that's beyond anything we could ever imagine in this life. Something so beautiful, so holy, so perfect. Well, I didn't get through. Oh, my goodness, I didn't get through most of them. <laughs> well, how about we continue this, uh, well, next week. I'll, I'll save it. I'll, I'll come back to this next Tuesday. In the meantime, I do have to take a break. So you stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. When we come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and talk about the human virtues. So don't go away. There's more to come on Come to Me. culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in his church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, you can be too generous. For example, if a man comes home with his paycheck, and say he's just got $100, he's got five children, he's got rent, gas, and electric to pay, and he sees a, a poor man there, and he gives him the whole $100. And you say, oh, God's going to reward him. See, the gas and electric company aren't going to think that way. That man was too generous. Now you say, well, how could he be too generous? He has his family to think about. He has his rent to pay. These are just debts and just obligations. Now he could have given part of that, but to throw away all of it is to use a virtue to an excess. Now you can do that with virtues. You can do that with any good thing. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All right, and welcome back, uh, my friends, on this, uh, well, I guess you can call it hot. It's probably up in the upper 80s today on this June 4th, 2020, but that's okay. June, July, August, summertime, and hopefully as things begin to reopen and come back to whatever kind of normal it can come back to, uh, we'll be getting down the shore and, and getting back to uh, a way of life that we're used to. Um, you know, we are not reopening because we never closed here at Domestic Church Media. We've been here 
for you throughout the entire pandemic season and uh, now through all the other stuff that we're going through, praying that we can and will be here for you for as long as God allows. But God depends on you as well to help us do that. So again, as I've shared with you, uh, costs us about $25,000 a month to operate the entire apostolate, including all of our stations, etc. Um, June, July, and August, the summer months traditionally have, have been every, every single, for as long as I've been doing uh, Catholic radio, um, June, July, and August have been the worst months financially. So we didn't have our Radiothon. We're, we, we've postponed it. I'm, I've not set a date yet, but we are uh, hoping to have it in the fall. Um, but by not having it in the spring, as we normally do, we uh, are falling short of our financial needs. So again, I mentioned two situations with you. If you know our twelve sixty a.m. station transmitter yesterday during that storm, there was some kind of power surge or something, and we uh, blew a uh, what they call it a, a power amp module that had to be taken out, and and we're getting it repaired. But we've had to reduce our power. Uh, from about 6,000 watts to 4,000 watts while that repair is being made. I don't know what that's going to cost. Our transmitter down in Cape May uh, went on the blink, so we had to put in a replacement transmitter again, had to reduce power and send our transmitter out for repair. I don't know how much that's going to cost. Uh, So these are unexpected costs. Uh, As I mentioned to you, we have... um, kind of half of a tree down in our driveway. It's not blocking our driveway enough that we can't get in here, obviously, if we can get in and out, but it needs to be removed, and uh, that's going to cost us something. So these little costs that come up on top of what our normal expenditures are. My brothers and sisters, we need you. So please, if you are a regular donor, thank you so much. God bless you. Those of you who continue to send us donations and support us, we appreciate that. Uh, if you uh, can become a monthly donor, that would be even better. But again, whatever is comfortable to, uh, for you, whatever is within your means, whatever you can do, we would uh, certainly appreciate it. If you're uh, a longtime listener, maybe who has never had the opportunity to give, but you know you want to thank the Lord for Catholic Radio, for Domestic Church Media, and you'd like to make a donation, we certainly will gladly accept that. And those of you who have the means, I know that the economy is not good, and people have been laid off, and, and people are not sure if they're going to get their jobs back. But I also know some of you do um, have and have been blessed financially by the Lord. And I know you know that the stock market, which probably at its lowest point uh, back in March, was around, what, 17, 18,000 points. Now it's up to 26,000 points. So all the, And I'm not a stock market guy. I don't really don't understand it that much, but I know some of you do that. And you may have made a few bucks, a few extra bucks over the past few months, and you'd like to share that. Again, we are a nonprofit, 501c3, totally listener-supported. We can't do any of this without you, so please just pray about it. Open your heart to the Lord and support us in whatever way you can so we can keep these airwaves open to, to goodness and truth and light and hope and faith and love and charity. We'll get to the virtues in a moment. Um, You can write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. 
You can also make an easy online donation by just going to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button, and you can make a donation of your choice. And if you want to text to donate, you can do that as well. Just text the word DONATE to 609-493-8255. Just text the word DONATE, D-O-N-A-T-E, DONATE to 609-493-8255. And then you'll immediately get back a link. Follow that link. Click on that. It'll take you to our donation page. And again, you can make a donation of your choice. It's not an automatic amount that it donates. It asks you to make that choice. So text the word DONATE to 609-493-8255. I'll keep reminding you of this throughout the summer, my friends. I, you know, again, I always say, and it has been for as long as I've been doing this, the worst part of my job. I don't like to do this, but I have to, as main steward over the apostolate, share with you what our needs are and share with you how important it is that you support the apostolate, so we can keep these airwaves open to all that we uh, do uh, here by God's grace. Uh, tomorrow, Friday Live, 4 o'clock, Cheryl will be here with me, and uh, joining us in the first hour will be Bishop O'Connell. Of course, tomorrow is First Friday, and uh, Bishop takes a hiatus in the summertime from his regular program, but he's going to join us tomorrow at four, uh, around 4.15 uh, just kind of give us an update on the diocese and where we are as far as reopening goes and getting back uh, to public mass, etc. So Bishop O'Connell will be here. Uh, and then uh, the second hour, we're going to be joined by Father Chris. And I'm sorry, I forget his last name. Um, I do have it here on my calendar. I should just look at that. That makes it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Uh, he is a father of mercy. Um, I'm sorry, a Marian priest, not a father, a Marian priest up at, in Stockbridge. Uh, father Chris Alar, A-L-A-R, and he's written a book called After Suicide. And as I mentioned to you, um, we it was made aware to us that someone we know, um, Cheryl and I know, uh, committed suicide yesterday. Uh, a man in his 60s, and, and it's a sad, sad situation. So we pray for the repose of his soul. But I know, and they're saying, you know, with this coronavirus, that, that, that suicides have gone up. Uh, so anyway, Father Chris will be here tomorrow to discuss that book called After Suicide. If you know anybody who has been affected by suicide in any way, uh, certainly have them tune in tomorrow around 5.30. Tune in for the whole show. But around 5.30, Father Chris will be joining us uh, to talk about his book. So that's tomorrow on Friday Live. And, of course, Jim Hoffman will be here with the weather. We have music talk, all kinds of stuff. So that's 4 o'clock tomorrow. Now, let us go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Thursday. I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing, well, almost as long as I've been doing this program come to me. I think I almost it started when I first started doing the program back in the mid-1990s. <laughs> Can you believe I've been doing it that long? It's a long time. And I have, I have in my basement, see, in the, in the early days when we used to do this program, and I was buying time on a station in Camden, New Jersey, uh, I have... Cassette tapes of my programs from, from again, the mid-1990s into the early 2000s, and then we went digital. Then we started recording like we do now on a digital format. But in, in the early days, we recorded actually recorded on cassette tape. Remember those things? Um, but uh, I've been doing this catechism segment, I think, from the very beginning on Thursdays. Anyway, so here we are. It's Thursday. It's catechism day. And I thought today we'd start with uh, the human virtues 
This is uh, beginning with paragraph 1804 of our catechism. Human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. They make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous man is he who freely practices the good. The moral virtues are acquired by human effort. They are the fruit and seed of morally good acts. They dispose all the powers of the human being for communion with divine love. Don't you love our catechism? I mean, you know, I know it's, we've had this beautiful um, catechism with us since 1993. St. Pope John Paul II, when he was our Holy Father, promulgated this back in 1993. I still have like one of the original hardcover copies. I, I, I remember pre-ordering it before it was released in this country. I remember, I remember pre-ordering the catechism, and I still have that particular volume of it, the original, uh, in my home office, home studio. Um, so it is uh, this particular you know, way it's, it's taught and, and stated here is uh, a beautiful way um, to just talk about, you know, we look at the world we're in right now, we see where we are, and we see how human beings are reacting to, the, to, to, to each other, how they're interacting. There's so much division, so much hatred, uh, and, and that's not from God. But if we, if we work on and practice these human virtues. Let me read the definition again of, of human virtues in the um, catechism. Human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to faith and reason. They make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous man is he who freely practices the good. And, you know, you, you see these, these poor, misguided individuals in whenever you watch the news lately, and you wonder... I mean, could you ever imagine, like, breaking a store window and stealing things? Could you imagine doing that? I'm sure speaking to the majority of you, if not, I'm sure all of you, who would never consider doing that. I just can't imagine what would enable someone to do that. And that's not a comment on any particular group of people. It's just a comment on... Like anything else, why would people do things that are wrong? We all sin, of course. But to that extreme, to that level, on a regular, as if it was okay. And people who condone that and accept that, it's, it's, I don't know. And that's, I only use that example now because that's where we are. But you can go beyond that, people who who deceive each other and who lie and who are unethical and immoral and 
I mean, so obviously human virtues, these, as the catechism says, these firm attitudes, these stable dispositions, these habitual perfections of intellect and will govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to faith and, uh, faith and reason. The moral virtues are acquired by human effort. They're the fruit and seed of morally good acts. They dispose all the powers of the human being for communion with divine love. And again, we go back to the age of reason. You know, when we reach that age, again, when I was, when I was preparing for my first Holy Communion, which was in May of 1962, May 12th, 1962, I made my first Holy Communion. I know that because there's a, a, a picture in my uh, dad's photograph albums uh, with the date on it, a picture of me, my mom and dad, I'm in my little white outfit. May 12th, 1962, so I was seven. I was in uh, first grade. I was in first grade because I could always tell what grade I was in when by sep- whatever year it was in September. For instance, September 1961 was when I started first grade. 62 was when I started second grade. 63 was when I started third grade. So, um, But prior to the first Holy Communion, of course, we always made our first confession. And at seven years old, the church teaches that human beings have have reached that point in their life that age where they can reason between good and and and, and evil doing good and doing wrong doesn't mean we don't do anything wrong but we know the difference we make that decision we decide to sin it doesn't just happen as a part of our being we make the decision certainly we tend in that direction we're told and that's called concupiscence, our leaning towards sin because of the sin of our first parents, the, the, the effects of original sin on our soul. Although the sin itself is washed away at baptism, we still have the effects of that and lean toward sinning. Wish we didn't, but if we practice these virtues, <laughs> and the more we practice them and live them, our catechism says the virtuous individual is the person who freely practices the good. And these moral virtues are acquired by effort. So we know. <laughs> I, I think that's why it, it bothers so many people these days, people of goodwill, people of faith especially, when you hear about and see people who are doing such bad things. And not just bad actions, but just unethical behavior in, in a sense, immoral thought and, and uh, uh, the promotion of evil just by word and, and, and deed, word and thought. So the catechism starts, and I guess we'll only get through these today, but uh, the catechism starts with the cardinal virtues. Four virtues play a pivotal role and accord, accordingly are called cardinal All the others are grouped around them. The cardinal virtues are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. These virtues are 
praised under other names in many passages of Scripture. Paragraph 1806 defines prudence. Prudence is the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our good, our true good, in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. The prudent man looks where he is going. And I don't have the footnotes in front of me, but these they're footnoted uh, from other sources. Keep sane and sober for your prayers. Oops, I'm sorry. Keep sane and sober for your prayers. Prudence is right reason in action, writes Thomas Aquinas. It is not to be confused with timidity or fear, nor with duplicity or dissimulation. It's called uh, the uh, charioteer of the virtues. It guides the other virtues by setting rule and measure. It is prudence that immediately guides uh, the judgment of conscience. The prudent man determines and directs his conduct in accordance with this judgment. With the help of this virtue, we apply moral principles to particular cases without error and overcome doubts about the good to achieve and the evil to avoid. So prudence is called the charioteer of virtues because it guides the other virtues by setting rule and measure. It's prudence that immediately guides the judgment of conscience. So that's the first one. Second one, eighteen paragraph 1807, justice. We hear that word a lot these days. I want justice, no, no justice, no peace, etc., etc., etc. The true definition of justice is the moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. Justice toward God is called the virtue of religion. Justice toward men disposes one to respect the rights of each and to establish in human relationship the harmony that promotes equity with regard to persons and to the common good. The just man, often mentioned in sacred scripture, is distinguished by habitual right thinking, and the uprightness of his conduct toward his neighbor. So, again, justice is the moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. And justice towards God is called the virtue of religion. Justice towards men disposes one to respect the right of each and to establish human relationship in human relationships uh, the harmony that produce, uh, promotes equity and uh, with regard to persons and to the common good. You know, we, we, we want justice. We want everybody to be treated equally and fairly. Every person, this is always hard sometimes for people to to visualize, not to accept necessarily, but to, 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 to uh, again, to visualize or, or, or to see. Every person, every single person from the beginning of time, from the beginning of the creation of man, every person, and we can think of a lot of wonderful, good, holy, great people in the course of human history. And we can think of a lot of really, really bad people, or 
people who have done horrible things in the course of human history. But each person is equally loved by God. God certainly does not love the evil a person does, but he loves every single person with equal love. It's sometimes hard to make the connection there. But justice then demands that we do the same. We pray that in our Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass others, those who trespass against us. To treat everyone as an equal. Now, it doesn't mean, again, that you condone anybody or confirm anybody in their sins or lifestyle or behavior or but every person, every immortal soul created by Almighty God is equally loved by God himself. And justice demands that we have that same attitude toward each other. Now, I see we're going to have to head on. There's obviously uh, more here, and I'm not going to get through it at all. Fortitude and temperance. We'll get to that next week on Catechism Day. How about that? Um so let's, let's just stop it right there. But again, you know, one thing, as I said, I've been doing this catechism each Thursday for 20-plus years. Um, this is the way to, to, to really read and study the catechism, just a little bit at a time, little bites like this. You know, you go to the virtues, you read four paragraphs on each virtue, just study it, learn it, and then live it. I mean, this is the beauty of our catechism. Uh, it's and We've had it for over 25 years, and I... I'd like to see more and more people reading from studying and living the catechism. Okay, I'm going to go join Cheryl and me tomorrow, 4 o'clock for Friday Live. We have Bishop O'Connell going to join us and also uh, Father Chris Alar, who's written a book called After Suicide. Jim's here with the weather, music more tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Have a great rest of your day, my friends. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. you